my baby, oh, she be rider. See what's in where she de carry. I go buy a designer. Eat them me where we go marry. Eh, cause my baby fulfilled. Jogo jo, jogo jo, jogo jo, hey now. Eh, cause my baby fulfilled. Jogo jo, jogo jo, jogo jo, hey now. Hey bro, so what song was that? I'm glad you asked. Uh, that's a, that's that's a, that's a big tune they say, right? Um, that is Slim Flex, aka Flexi the Godson, featuring El. The song is called Rider. Yeah, off his album Gifted. Wow, wow, cool wow. no, that's that's, that's a good song. It gives me it gives me uh, round tree vibes. Summer right? summertime <laughs> picnic, you know. You're you're looking for for somebody to dance with while hiding oh, from man. your auntie. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, hoping not to be caught. No, definitely no. But he he sounds he's doing big things, uh, and a feature with El is not a small thing. So no, not that's at a all. Big, that's a big shout out. That's big, 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 big. Yes, this is a Canadian artist. You know that's now gone international. Very versatile artist. The song is very cool, man. I like it. Like, you know, it, it gives you that cool summertime sort of vibe. It gives you that loving vibe. Like, you know, when you first see a girl, you're trying to chop, as they used to say. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, it's really, really cool song. You're making promises you know you can't keep. That's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Definitely. We, we've all been there. No, but I'm glad that, a, you, know, a, you know, a young person like himself, um, Canadian Ganyan, doing big things in the music scene and penetrating into Ghana and getting those features as well. And making yes. dope music. I think that's that's the key, right? That the music itself is dope. So, Absolutely. Good quality. And, you know, he's gone international. He has features from people all over the world. Um, so it's really, really cool. You can check him out really at all the streaming services. He's on Spotify, he's on Apple Music, or wherever it is you get your music. You know, check him out. You can Google him, you can YouTube him, wherever wherever it is you get your music. Check okay. Him out. So, so what was the name you said again? The song is called Writer. Okay. Of course, the artist is Slim Flex, aka Flexi the Godson, featuring EL. All right, right. So I'm, I'm gonna make sure I add, you know. Flexi to my uh, to my playlist moving forward because that was, that was a dope vibe and check out the rest of his project it sounded it sounded good I liked it. So I guess yeah th- this week what's on your mind Doc? Wow, um, it's a Ghanaian proverb. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You're going you know, I like I like in Penisum, as Ghanaians like to say grown folk things. Um, so essentially it is which is you know you reap what you sow oh okay I, I thought you were asking me to be a farmer or something <laughs> you, want, you want me to be a farmer I am I am plant that seed you know everything is about planting seeds that's a cool pro- that's a cool proverb okay so something yes, to keep in the back we'll talk of more about it yes. okay okay no, Welcome to all our listeners, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Salome Kwame Redu, aka Sal. And my name is Samuel Akwasi Button. Some call me Sam. And welcome to our podcast, Doctor. Or an embarrassment where we profile the life of an immigrant child. So this is essentially the immigrant's guide to disappointing your parents. Um, and to today's episode, we're going to be chatting about um, parental career expectations, right? So the big one. Um, yes. And outlining, you know, what, what careers in our community are considered acceptable. So, you know, so what are our doctor careers right. and what are our embarrassment careers? And then chatting a, a, a lot about if any of that has changed um, since we were growing up and, and what's going on now. So I, I think uh, looking forward to that discussion today. Uh, so let's Absolutely. get right into that. Um, yes, sir. So, so to ask you first, what did you want to be when you, you were growing up? The first thing uh, that comes to your mind, first thing that came to your mind when you want when you were growing up, doctor. <laughs> doctor, uh, there there <laughs> has never been any time in my life where I've not wanted to be a doctor. It's <laughs> and you know because of that you get automatic respect from everybody around you. Oh, there's the doctor. They, they call you doctor even before you become one. So, so 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 even so even back in Ghana, you, you wanted to be a doctor. Absolutely. Absolutely, from when I was a kid. Because when I was a kid, you know, I did well in school. So they, everyone just said, oh, well, you know, he's going to be a doctor. And, and doctor, doctor, doctor. And basically, I just kind of bought into it and I owned it. 
So you so you're one of those overachievers that you were slotted. You know books, so doctors know books. Yes, so you, you gotta be a doctor. There's nothing wow. else one can do, right? <laughs> <laughs> that that is so interesting. <laughs> that I I don't remember remotely think of thinking of any other career path. Maybe for a brief second, lawyer. Okay. For a very brief second, um, but. So when so so throughout that whole time, nothing doctor's been the main goal, the main focus, and yes. the brief second of lawyer. Where did that come from, and why? I have a, I love law. I love having legal arguments. Open going mind. over over Yes, I like to. I like to. I like to argue for no reason, really. I mean, these these the banter is what life is for me. I I will sit and banter, banter really for hours with someone if they're willing to go along and entertain me. So for a brief second after undergrad, sort of considered it, but I love science and the human body. So I think that kind of won out. What about yourself? What, what, was, first, what would you want to be first, growing up? The first thing that ever came to mind was a commentator. Like, I love to talk. Okay. Right? So anybody that knows me growing up, like, I was always talking. Like, and just no talking. Even if, it, even if it had nothing to do with me, I'd be commentating on other people's life. This is what they <laughs> did today. My brothers went here. They did this. They did this. Like, I, I remember um, vividly, like, growing up, I used to go to my brother's soccer games all the time. And I'd be sitting in the stands just talking about what's going on like who's doing what so like that was that was me so that was the first thing that i ever wanted a young, to be young young i think oh i'm telling you and he has the ball and he dribbles and he moves you know as, as they say if you can't do it talk about it yeah so absolutely me. um i i think that was my first thing that i i just love talking and then the second thing that came was um growing up in school here it was you need to do something Commentating wasn't really a big thing back then, and like you know, you know, What's being a, a, a radio host or TV personality wasn't a thing. So right. I thought about getting into advertising and and okay. creating jingles and stuff like that because you could still use the same talking and creating those stories and stuff like that within that. So for the longest time, I wanted to be an advertising exec. That was wow. that, that was my uh, my dream. So anybody asked me, I want to be an average. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. <laughs> you just knew you wanted to be it. Yes, I didn't know what it entailed. <laughs> I just know I wanted to be an advertising exec because I like commercials. I like talking. So okay. let me be an advertising exec. Ah, my example. What kind of? A, I mean, what would you be like as an advertising exec? What kind of jingle? Let's just say we're selling rice. What kind of? How would you sell rice? I, I had my best, so in grade 10 um, uh, business class, I had my best advertisement ad ever for Nike, right? So so this is what okay. I did. So for Nike, it was, at that time, it was the, you know, just do it was really big. But I wanted to focus on everyday life. People can just do it themselves. So you yes. have somebody in the office, all of a sudden their, their shift is over and they start sweating. You know when they had the Nike uh, Gatorade sweats? Yes. So they're sweating Gatorade and they just get up and they just start running in their suit. <laughs> and okay. like a bunch of people at different offices just running and they all meet at one location and they're working out. That was my big okay. Yeah. In just their suits? Whoever you are, just do it. In their suits, they're working out. No, they, they change from their suits. So they, they, they change from their suits. Yeah. Okay. And just magic. You know, you know TV. You magically change. Wait, wait. So are you merging Gatorade with Nike yes. commercials? Yeah, yes. Okay. Big of a, okay. How big of an ad exec I was. I was mixing Gatorade and Nike, and we were just, just doing it all in one. <laughs> but I like it. I knew, I knew, I like nothing, it. About, I knew nothing about the, um, the, the field, but that's what I wanted to be, right? And um, I don't think... Did you... Being and, and a question for you, you say you wanted to be a doctor, and that's quite yes, that's basically the dream of every African parent to hear their child say, Yes, I want to be. A, did you share that with your parents? Yes, wow, I think I think more of my parents shared that with me. <laughs> yeah, you be a You're a smart kid, you must be a doctor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you buy I me mean, as a kid, you're impressionable, you want to impress your parents, you want to you want to earn their love. Right. Well, I guess what was so, the first time they, 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 they shared with you that you should be a doctor? I don't remember. I don't recall ever having like a vivid conversation. I remember my family just sort of 
from maybe five, six years on saying this kid is going to be a doctor. He's a very smart kid. (laughs) And that was it. I was etched in my memory. I never at any point thought of anything else. Wow. And it's, you know, when people validate, it's a sense of validation, right? When people say when you choose a career path that people think is prestigious, they respect, it gives you a good feeling. And so it kind of just reinforced me wanting to be that. Okay, so so basically, you yeah. you didn't even have to share with your parents. They 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 knew or wanted you to be that. Basically, okay. once they knew, once I, I kind of verbalized it, I think you know other family members said it, and then once I verbalized it, and they knew, they didn't say anything because they, I mean, why would you want to discourage your child from wanting to be a doctor, <laughs> right? So they just kind of bought in into it, okay. and uh, I asked the same question of you: um, When did you share with your parents? What were their thoughts? I, I don't think I've ever shared with my parents what I wanted to do. Um, like, I think the the closest I ever got to like career discussion with my dad was, "Are you going to be a PhD?" Like, because my dad is he's 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 on the scholar side, right? He graduated from tech. He has he has you know he, he went to he went to tech, so he has a university yes. degree and um he's very big in the sciences but i'm i've never really been interested in the sciences and i think my dad picked up on that really early right so he's like this this boy's not gonna be in the scientist so it was always are you gonna do some form of business um i think that was the compromise for my dad that maybe i'll do a business degree so sharing with him advertise i never really said advertising but i just said okay business because you can still do market a marketing degree or advertising within a business stream Right. What what do you imagine? What do you envision that conversation would have been like? Like, had you told him, hey, Pop, um, I'm sure you wouldn't have said, hey, because that's, <laughs> that's a no-no. But if you said, Pop, what I want to do is be an advertising exec, what would he have said? What is that? <laughs> Why? Right. Right? And, and maybe from the perspective of, like, does that even make money? Like, why? And who, who are these execs, right? Like, right. you can pinpoint who a doctor is. You can pinpoint who a lawyer is, who a nurse is. But it's, you know, what does that, what does that really mean, right? So It's, it's weird. You know why? Because in Ghana, if you, if you watch television in Ghana, ads are very creative. And like they're etched in your memory. Like I can I can think of that that Milo commercial, Milo, pop 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 from when I was a kid. Like the jingles are so catchy. Yeah, but like but nobody I, would think like behind the scenes somebody is creating this. No, but but we we look at that the same way we look at music, right? So we look at it as oh the creation is wonderful, but the people right. creating it are foolish. Right, right, right. Like right, this guy, he's not serious about life. He's sitting down right, right, writing right. jingles. Writing jingles. What is that? What is that? Ah. Right, I see. I see. Ah. Right. So, so, <laughs> so, I think it's it's that perception of, and also for me, and I think this is where I came to realize too. I never really thought of that as a career. Um, I just thought of it as something I like, right? So I like seeing advertisements. I like seeing it. And this is something that fits. But I never envisioned, okay, these are the steps to actually get to that. Okay. Interesting. Right? So, so okay. So I, I will ask you another question. Um, at any point in your <laughs> life, did your parents mention being a doctor? You mentioned the PhD bit. Uh, <laughs> but actually being a, a physician, a medical doctor. Oh, no, no, no. My, my parents, I, I wasn't, okay, so I wasn't the best student, um growing up right and i think a lot of people who came to know figured out that i wasn't the best student not because i didn't i wasn't smart i think i was smarter than everybody else in the room i just wasn't interested in the things that were being taught interest and my and my dad knew early on like i'm not interested in science i'm not interested in the body those things don't interest me like i'm i'm good at math like i can pick it up but it doesn't you don't like it i don't like it right, right and like my dad is a was a math teacher like and oh, wow. he wanted to do his master's phd in like chemistry and 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 math right right so that is like our home like you're expected to know math it's not like right. oh you're good at math we clap for you all right, right it's not, it's not you're expected to know math Right. So knowing math didn't, it was just a requirement, right? right? But um, there was no thing where it was like a doctor. I think the closest my parents ever got to like um, pushing me into any career was 
they know that I'm I'm not like the best with my hands. So like I'm not like a handyman. Right. Right. So my mom was always like, you better read those books because you know you can't fix anything. (laughs) (laughs) So my friend, you better read that book very well. I think the the closest that they ever mentioned, like, you know, this is a career path you need to do. It was basically, we know what this strength, you definitely can't do this. So make sure you're, you're good at that. So there was never the doctor, but it was the PhD doctor thing. I think that became a thing in my, in my house where it's, we know you can't be a medical doctor. But you can learn. But, but can we still call you a doctor? Yes, but we will find you <laughs> call you a doctor, and you will get your PhD and be a doctor in some. Yes, one way or another, hook or crook. No, absolutely. Um, so, in terms of the kind of like for, for you, right? It was it was mentioned. Yeah, you're going to be a doctor. Um, when you did you like? I guess you don't after your undergrad. Yes. What was the expectation still there that this our son is going to be a doctor? Yes. So after undergrad, um, you know, a lot of a lot of people don't tell you things of what it actually takes to mm-hmm. become a doctor. You know, uh, it's nice on the surface, but it don't tell you the work that goes into um, actually making sure you have the prerequisites, you have the GPA, yeah. um, you meet all the requirements of the different schools that you actually apply to. And, you know, growing up in Canada, Canada is the, the single most difficult country in the world to become a physician, period. There is no other country in the world that has more competition for spots in medical schools. And um, that's, it's more difficult to become a, a physician than any, I mean, anywhere else that you well, can imagine. It, it makes sense when you look at it from Canada as a country of immigrants, right? Yes. And what do all immigrants want their child to be? Yes, all, all immigrants <laughs> want their children to be doctors. And it doesn't help that we don't have many medical schools. I'll, t- I'll tell you that. We, I mean, compared with the U.S., we're really kind of lagging. Mm. Uh, but after undergrad, it was, it was, I was at a place where my GPA wasn't where it needed to be. Mm. So I was kind of stuck in the middle. Like, you know, what, what do you do? I mean, this is still what I want to do. I, I don't envision myself doing anything else that would make me happy. Yeah. So in that, did you feel that you had failed because now your GPA is not at the standard to go to the normal route of undergrad? You know, I'm, right. go, I'm going straight to um, med school to be a doctor and fulfill our family lifelong dream. Absolutely. Did you feel like yeah, a failure? I did. I did. I felt like I had kind of let myself down, you know, because four years go by really quickly. And the thing with medical school is you don't actually have to do a science major to become a physician. Mm-hmm. You can do philosophy if you wish and stack up your GPA as long <laughs> as you take the prerequisites that are necessary to apply. Okay. So you can do general arts if you wish. If, if you have the uh, prerequisites, like you have the chemistries, uh, the physics, mm-hmm. um, all those other prerequisites or the biochem, you can, you can apply. But nobody told me this. Right. Like, you know, all I knew is I'm going to med school. I'm going to undergrad after this. I'm going to apply to med school. But they didn't tell me that um, you needed a, a high GPA and you could have literally taken any other undergrad. I ended up taking uh, kin, kinesiology and health science, um, which, you know, my GPA was decent, but decent will not get you get you into medical school in Canada. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I felt kind of like I let myself down. I let my family down. Um, what do I do now? Uh, but you know, my, my parents were pretty understanding after that. They weren't like, okay, you know, like what the heck have you done? You know, you're a failure. They make me feel like that, which I appreciate. So, so they they weren't wearing black in the house. No, 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 no. Warning no. <laughs> the, the more... death of their doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more red than anything than black <laughs> because you know when when <laughs> when a funeral is that of your own uh, loved one, you have to wear red. Black is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> so so it was tough my and then my mom said you know why don't you um why don't you do nursing and um okay you know that's close enough and then maybe slowly uh push closer to you know becoming a doctor you know meanwhile you can still do your prerequisites and then well that's you know that's solid, get in that's that way advice. that's solid advice but yeah but I, think- I, I didn't think that i didn't think so at the time Really? 
why not? I guess why did you not think so at the time? I had all the wrong stereotypes of nursing. You know, like I was like, what? This is a female dominated profession. What the heck? But, but it is. Think? I don't want to be a nurse. I want to be a doctor. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> You want to be the one giving the orders, not the one being. Please, sent yeah, around. not taking the orders. That's that. No, no, I want to be. <laughs> which, which I found was very foolish and childish later, because uh, being a male nurse is actually very rewarding in many ways, and then mm-hmm. you know you you get preferential treatment because it's only like about ten percent of nurses that are male. Yeah, no, that's that's. A, but I guess on, on the subject of nursing, right? And I guess this might be a good way to. Um, chat about another issue of acceptable um professions in our community right so your 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 parents were were saying be a nurse right right is 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 a nurse one of those acceptable and and do we have stereotypical what are the acceptable you know professions in our community i think nursing is one of them because many of our uh our community members are nurses um but again it's it's more acceptable for females. for females, yeah, that's true. It's only just recently that we even thought that males, males could be nurses. nurses. Like it wasn't. Yeah, really that's thing, true, right? So, I mean, if you're a dude and you're a nurse, yeah, it's great. Um, but it'd be better if you're a doctor. But I think because of the earning potential of nurses, it's kind of buffered sort of that 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 stereotypical view of nursing. So do you think, so I guess maybe let's do this. Let's play a little game. We're, we're going to, we're going to roll off some, some, some professions right now. Yes. And we're going to say acceptable or non-acceptable. Okay. Right? Let's do it. Yes. You, you're going to be, you're going to be my father. I mean, I'm going to tell you what I want to be. You're going to say acceptable or non-acceptable. And then if, and, and we'll see if, if, if it fits with our community. Right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Dad, I, I want to be a pilot. It's acceptable. Okay. Good for you. Dad, I want to be a mechanical engineer. Oh, very acceptable. Okay. Dad, I want to be a construction manager of a construction site. I want to... <sighs> manager is okay. Gauka, if you just said they're construction... <laughs> so, so, so I would be like, nonsense. Okay. Okay. Nonsense. But okay. manager, yes. Managers, yeah. Managers, okay. You know, okay. Ghanaians, MDs are managing directors. So, you know, managers. <laughs> managing director. Okay. <laughs> um, that I want to be, um, I want to be a, a, a lawyer. Yeah, that's acceptable. Okay. But now, what if I, what if I want to be a paralegal? Why don't you become a lawyer? <laughs> 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 okay, how about um, uh, here's a good how about a plumber dad I want to be a plumber no no, no. Elect- electrician I mean, I, you know plumber now plumbers are doing very well Okay. Don't get that but, twisted. Hey, we're, we're, we're not getting into very well because. Uh, okay, I mean. Is it acceptable in but, the but no, it's not, but, no. It's not, okay. it's like, it's like Are you proud sure it's acceptable because you'll get a job, but it's, yeah, it's not something you really at a cocktail I'm, party. I'm gonna go to the next you're other gonna be, and you're going to say, oh, Kwame just graduated, you know, university. What is he doing now? Oh, Kwame's a, a plumber. He's a plumber. Oh, no, 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 no. No, is no. You, you, I mean, you won't tell anybody that your son or, or <laughs> daughter is a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess, <laughs> so so I guess the the acceptable ones are you know the 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 big titles: lawyer, engineer, um, doctor. Yes, manager. Manager. Um, but what yeah. if I'm man- what if I'm managing you know at, at you know at a retail store? I'm a, I'm a manager of a of a store. I mean, I won't be telling people at the party that my son, what my son does. I'll tell you. I'll just say manager. I'm not adding the retail. <laughs> yeah, that's getting left out. So I guess um, in, in terms of, of that, do, do you think that, you know, back then when we were growing up, of course, you know, when we did career days, Right. And then your parents yes. were, were talking about oh, what, what careers are, or what was acceptable. Those are what we were gravitating to those titles. Do you think that it's, it's changing now? I think so. I think. One, because of the earning potential of, of different 
careers. Like we talked about plumbers. Plumbers are now now do very well. Mm. And so if you for example you pick a career path that will fall under the category of unacceptable uh, or an embarrassment for <laughs> lack of better terminology. Um if you bring home money and you show that you can be successful in that mm-hmm. career field, I think it kind of blunts the stigma uh, surrounding that particular career field. So do you think that like the, our parental expectations back then were rooted in ultimately finances and being secure? 100%. Our parents didn't have the luxury of chasing their dreams. You know, they, they they sacrifice their dream so that we'll be able to stand on their shoulders and, and chase our own. But they saw the fear of if my child doesn't get something that's secure, that's going to pay the bills, that they're going to make sure they do well, the alternative might not be as safe. When they came to Canada, really looking at those careers weren't a thing. They needed to survive. So I guess, is it... so? But the argument could be made, right? That did they sacrifice so that we could follow our dreams or did they sacrifice so that we could follow their dreams for them? Yeah, they, 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 look, I think they, they sacrificed so we can have a better life. And they felt like they couldn't take any chances. I'm, not, I'm kind of speaking for them, but in, mm-hmm. in my view, I think that's how they saw it. They saw it, you know, I can't, I, I've put everything into this child. I, I've given everything I have. I've worked this factory job even though i was trained as a lawyer back home an accountant yeah. back home you know whatever back home and i cannot take chances and let this child chase political science chase general arts chase um anything else that i feel like they're not going to be employed in and then mm-hmm. mind you also we live in a very uh, society that that's full of prejudice and yeah. we didn't see our own in certain positions and so they kind of made a a calculation like if they don't get into these career paths, the alternative is that they're going to be unemployed. They're not going to be able to make money. They're not going to be able to survive and, and live well in, in this society. But yeah, some people do really genuinely have dreams that may, maybe they themselves weren't able to achieve and they try to pass it on through their children and want to see their children achieve their dreams. Yeah, no, so I, I, think, I think that's a fair point. No, that's a, I, I agree. I, th- I think the challenge, too, is that um, a lot of our parents were not necessarily well versed in what's going on here right so in terms of the economy the landscape and what are some of the possibilities right so looking at something like you know it software developer right so i know my my brother for example he used to love computers like i mean you we'd bring home any computer and this guy would fix it and then he'd be able to go i remember we had internet where we didn't have like we we couldn't we didn't pay for internet but this guy figured out a way for us to get internet <laughs> wow like that's how good he was right <laughs> but it was never um any way to foster that to say okay this guy's really good at that let's teach him how to code let's teach him how to program his own stuff let's right this is a career path it was always that's a fun little hobby for you now let's get right. back to the real careers right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, my yeah, friend right. when are you going to be a doctor lawyer you right, know right, right, right. businessman or something right? right and i think that limitation also you know impacted us right because we're seeing a lot of these things out there because we go to school we interact with people you talk to your friend and they're like hey my dad's a software developer and you're like oh we can do that and right. you come home and it's like ah my friend be quiet software idea software yeah move 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 a soft <laughs> so, so i think i think they they had dreams and and back to what you mentioned about security right like I'm thinking about it now, like being in your early to mid 20s, leaving your entire family, all that you know, and this is pre social media, pre Mm -hmm. cell phones, going to a different country um, with, you know, a different main language that you got to now learn and work in. And now you have to make it. And now you have children that you have to bring here, take care of and make sure that they also succeed. So I think it, it's tough. It's it's that risk averse um, made it that if they failed, they knew that their whole community failed, right? Their whole yeah. family back home would fail. So if their child fails, that's a big failure for them. Then that risk is still there. Yeah. There were a lot of expectations on their shoulders. 
um, they had little room for risk. Very little room. And it's no wonder why they're risk averse. Yeah. I mean, Ghanaians in general are risk averse people. I think we're very conservative. Um, we were not people that leave things really easily to chance. You know, we're kind of... Mm. We don't we, we don't take risks in general. I think... I don't know if you agree, disagree, but no, generally I, I, we're I not agree. very... I was, I was actually having a chat with somebody the other day where it's like, if you look at our historical context of when the, you know, our, our parents' generation grew up, right? The economic right. situation in Ghana wasn't g- that great, right? right? So in that context, every decision you make could impact yeah. you and your entire family starving to death. Right. So you're going to be conservative in every decision you make, right? So I, am I going to start a business or... Am I just going to work and save this money? Am I going to use my last ten thousand dollars to start this risk business and go broke and our family, you know, die? Yeah. Or am I just going to save that ten thousand dollars and get one percent interest on it? Right. Right. So, so I agree. And, and, I think and that's growth. Good. Growth comes with risk, sort of. So, if you're risk averse, the chance of growth and the chance of development is is dwindled in do, some way. But do you think that that um, that has seeped its way into our generation. So, like, our, is our generation, have we been able to break that Absolutely. risk barrier? I, I, I think we carry it. It's like generational trauma that some yeah. people carry. Uh, especially, I can think of African Americans, the gen- generational trauma that they carry, you know, one generation after another. Mm-hmm. I think we carry it. I mean, my daughter, not too long ago, said to me, you know, I asked her what she wanted to do. She said she wanted to be an artist. I said, you know, <laughs> the Canadian dad in me said, yeah, baby, you don't chase your dreams. <laughs> got me and that me said, oh, God, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, what were you? <laughs> I didn't tell her, and I would never tell her, but my heart, <laughs> I was having palpitations. <laughs> you you want to be what? <laughs> you're, you're secretly going go, oh, go to go to her room and throw out every pen, uh, every bro. marker. <laughs> you will not draw in this house again. <laughs> I never bought another paintbrush. I was like, nah, stop playing. You, you're not doing any such thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. I think I, I agree with you in terms of like the generational trauma of it. Because like even for myself, I, I look at sometimes how I view other people and I often have yeah. to catch myself, right? Like if I'm talking to somebody and I find out what they do, sometimes instinctively I respond to them differently, right? Not necessarily right. in a negative way, but oh, you're this, so I can only talk to you about this, right? And I, Or you want to be this. Are you going to make any money in that, right? right? That's always my first thought. And I think yeah. I've been trying to break that, but I think how do we break that, right? Like Because somebody told me once like they, they wanted to be a dancer. My first thought was, how are you going to live? Like, <laughs> right. That was my first initial thought. I didn't think about like, you know, if you're a really good dancer, you can book gigs, you can do, you know, shows you can you know create your own dance studio you can do you know all this other stuff go on tour right but i was so like how do you can, live yeah, like i yeah i mean i think dancer has to be down there with the the most disappointing one of them i think in our in our community i think i think we still have that that stigma against those what about a barber unorthodox or a hairstylist oh very interesting i think because of the need for those people there is there's there's not a lot of respect for them yeah if you told me you want to be a barber for a living as my child or if i said i want to be a barber i know for sure the looks i would get but at some point because we need them though we don't we don't put them on a pedestal as we do you know Mm -hmm. the other careers that we mentioned in the doctor category but we kind of need them to survive, so we just basically don't say anything. But we don't give them the same respect. Yeah, but, they but, but I think, but I think we we look at it more as a hobby, right? So if you're a hairstylist, yes. oh, okay, yeah, you can work on the weekends and cut hair. Right, and right, right. exactly, exactly. But what's your real job? Because I right, remember, right. like, I, I, I know somebody was like, hey, you know, they told somebody, met somebody, it's a Ghanaian person, like, oh yeah, no, I, I cut hair. Okay, yes, on the weekends. What do you do? Like, what's your <laughs> No, I, I cut hair. <laughs> seven days, a, seven days a week. Seven days a week. How do you make money, <laughs> right? So I think um, those things, like they're they're those hands on. We don't respect people that do things with their hands. I, I found that like yeah. that do things with their hands, like true. even a tailor, somebody who's like, you know what, I right. I, I want to make clothes, right? 
unless they come out with a fashion brand that pops around the world and they can say they're an yeah. international stylist, we right. tend not to respect them. Even then, I, we'd rather have a doctor. I mean, you could be an, uh, you could be a fashion designer, have all the money in the world, and you know, I probably, you know, we still we still don't put them on that pedestal, even though they've been the best in their chosen career field. We still don't give them the respect that they deserve. Well, that's true. He can he can um, get a PhD in tailoring, right? So we can call right? him <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Taylor. <laughs> but you know, I'm guilty. I think I don't know if you are, and I think you you touched a little bit on it. I, I'm also guilty of trying to convince people uh, to to you know choose certain career paths. I've said to people who had different options. I've said to someone I know wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, but also had the opportunity to be a nurse. And I said, you know, you could be a nurse and then afterwards you could oh. chase your dream of being a filmmaker. Yeah, that, that's my favorite um, line. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could you could have, because we think in the security, security first. Yeah, yeah. Um, dreams, aspirations second. Right? Because again, as an immigrant child, um, we don't have the same luxuries of people who are entrenched uh, here for generations, right? Um, and you don't see many of us in, in that field. So I guess on that end, may, maybe let's touch on some of the out of, you know, some of the some of the uh, career paths that we growing up wouldn't have thought were really profitable, but are super profitable right now that I mean, we know people that are making a killing, right? Or doing really yes. well and able to survive off that. What are some that come to your mind? I think we already touched on, on plumbers who yeah. are doing very well now. Uh, skills trade right now, it's a big deal. And there's oh, a absolutely. high need for people who do skills trade. Uh, you know, when people tell me that uh, undergrad is really not for everyone, you know, my stomach churns a little bit. But <laughs> I think they're right. There are people who are really good at working with their hands. And they don't necessarily have to have an undergrad degree to be able to do that. I mean... If they want to continue when they finish, get a degree and maybe polish, open their own business and expand, yeah. uh, maybe get a master's MBA in business and, and again, continue to expand, that's fine if they choose. But if they don't choose and they want to work in skills trade, I think, you know, that's that's their goal. But but I think no matter what field you choose, that there is no substitute for hard work. Mm. Um, because... When our parents came really to this land, if they didn't work hard, we would never have a chance. Yeah. They basically poured everything they had into their work. And so it doesn't matter if you choose to be a plumber, uh, what you choose, you choose to be an artist. There is no substitute for hard work and you have to give it everything you can in order to be the best at your craft. No, oh, Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think I think you're correct. Like in terms of the skilled trades, like if you look at even, you know, something like somebody like a mechanic, right? So like yes. I know a lot of mechanics making a lot of good money because they're yes. really good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and also, I think oftentimes we limit, you know, we look at these careers as, oh, you're going to be an electrician, which means you're going to be walking around trying to, you know, but you have large companies that are looking for electricians for their major projects. Absolutely. Yes. Right, that you can subcontract for. There's large companies that are looking for mechanics to work in their shops. Um, so I think one one key thing that I, I would stress to people is that whatever your passion is, think outside the box within your passion. Right. So for example, if right. I wanted to be an ad exec, right, that was my passion. Yes. Let me not just focus on the 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 traditional ad exec, I'm going to go to school, learn business, find a company to do. But what can I do now to develop, you know, my skills and also develop my own brand of ad development, right? Right now, the social media is popping. If I want to be an ad exec, what am I doing to create, you know, learning about social media ads and stuff like that and, and innovate and being innovative? I think being innovative in whatever you like and your passion is the key, yes. right? Because yes. everything yes. can make you money if you can package it well. Yeah, absolutely. That's a point well taken. It's a brilliant point. Um, and, you know, always thinking outside the box and being different. How can I how can I stand out from my peers? How can I make my style unique? Um, but, you know, there are tens, 
thousands of mechanics what makes me uh special why should people reach out to me um and i think whatever career path you choose you should really again as i said strive to be the best you are at it i know mechanics that own multiple other properties they get into real estate so at some point you've got to instead of becoming comfortable because you know comfort uh really lulls people to sleep and 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 um stifles growth so at some point you can diversify you know you if you make some income in a certain career field you can say okay now i can uh, purchase property uh, now i can invest in the stock market for example yeah. um, and continue to grow make yourself uncomfortable enough that you'll continue to to grow and, and develop as a person and in your career so you don't have to just stick with that craft yeah and and along those lines i think one of the key things that I wasn't taught personally, and I think our community doesn't teach enough of, is turning your skill into a a job. So creating entrepreneurs, right? So oftentimes we're looking at go to school, be this, and work for somebody else. Yes. Right? Where we need to start turning people's careers and their passions into, at an early age, this boy loves to talk. How can we create a business for him, right? You know, him to now brand himself to create a business where he's, you know, discussing things, talking about things, right? This boy's really good at fixing things. Let's teach him how to create a business where he can fix everybody in the community's things for them and create a right. business and a brand for himself, right? So I think that's one key thing that we really need to stress as a community forward and, and kind of breaking that cycle. Create job creators, um, innovators, instead of like, yeah, become an employee. Yes. Because... It's a part of why, you know, and I'll go to Ghana, as a part of why the Ghanaian economy is not growing, growing at the rate that it should. Because, yes, they're entrepreneurs, but really we don't, our curriculum is too rigid and it is too much of the chew and pour, kind of memorize and, and uh, do well, this exam. Because we're trying and, to and create doctors really, and lawyers, right? right? We're trying to create, do- again, it goes right back to <laughs> exactly. All the doctors and lawyers and everything, everything else is, eh. And, and, and that should change. We should really diversify. Yeah. And, and, you know, we're more than just these defined careers that we, we see as successful and prestigious. No, absolutely. So I guess in terms of kind of, you know, overall, what do you think our parentals, our, our parents, their expectations on us, right? So even with you, even though it's something you wanted to do, but it was an expectation, right? What do you think that right. the expectations did to you um, and kind of your career path? I think it, it creates, for me personally, it, it created some anxiety in me. I sort of came to self-validate with my career. Mm. You know, I, I, self-validation was I had to be a physician or I was a failure, basically. So that creates unnecessary stress, unnecessary anxiety. Um, and your sense of self-worth is based in your career when really it should be based on uh, really the person you are, your character, mm-hmm. uh, the relationships you build. And so your career is a part of you. It is not everything. Uh, and so, you know, with those expectations, it kind of creates unnecessary stress, unnecessary anxiety. Um, and, you know, they impact other individuals uh, the same way because they feel like they're not worthy, you know. And for a child who feels like they're not worthy of their parents' love, that can be very distressing. Uh, and so, you know, we have to kind of work just to, you know, curb that such that people feel to have some degree of freedom in choosing the career path that they want, continue to encourage people uh, to work to be the best at the craft that they choose and find a way to be innovative and, and stand out enough such that, you know, they'll be able to turn their passion into a business. No, How did it make you feel personally? Um, I think for me, like I, I went the total opposite where I rebelled in a good way, right? So my rebellion was, I'm going to show these people that I don't need to be a doctor or a lawyer, but I'm going to be mm-hmm. so good at whatever I do because I'm smarter than everybody else in the room. That was always my thinking right. and what progressed me through like my my undergrad and my, you know, where I later went on to my post um, undergrad, right? In terms of I know that what I'm doing is not necessarily the traditional, what's themed as, uh, you know, success, right? So I'm on the embarrassment spectrum if you just talk about what I, what my career path is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but how can I do that so well 
that I'm, you know, I, I'm recognized and I'm above that, right? And and I took delight in every time somebody would say, you know, he's not, he hasn't reached that milestone or, oh, Kwame's a doctor now, Kwame's done this. Well, I've succeeded in what I want to do, right? And I think that was my main thing moving forward, that those expectations drove me. Um, they weren't, of course, they weren't healthy in terms of the expectations that I had on myself, but they, yes. they drove me and gave me a drive to never fail. Like I never wanted to be a failure to my parents, like in terms of he can't find a job, he can't do this. I was always hustling for the next job. What can I do next? Very interesting. Very interesting. I, 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 I think really for the for the mental health, and we never discuss it, you know. Mm. But like, some of these things never leave you, you know. As a child, you know, being having certain um, having parents have certain expectations of you, and feeling like you never meet the mark, like that damage sticks with you as an adult. That doesn't just go away, right? Mm. Like, and you, it, it's it's interesting how it impacts you in so many other ways that you 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 bring it to other aspects of your life. And you start mm -hmm. to measure your self-worth with whether or not you know you have parental approval yeah no that makes a lot of sense no i, I think yeah no it's it's been a good chat so far I, th I think this has um been good um i got a question for you though um i, yes, I think sir. you threw out the 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 phrase earlier on the, the your, your big proverb yes um, yes 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 how do you think you know your proverb fits within what, what, what we've been chatting about today so, which is, you know, you reap what you sow. Uh, essentially, I feel if we only set a set of careers as ones that are acceptable and others that are not acceptable, we create, in many ways, people who feel like they're not worthy. Mm. Um, so they'll grow up, in many ways, they'll be broken, even if they're successful at what they do, because it's, it was never what was prestigious what was uh the expected outcome of them but in a, but so, it also in a, in a way did our parents their high expectations so those seeds that they they set for us of high expectations create successful driven people absolutely you know that 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 survival um hard-working sweat uh of an immigrant is passed on generation to generation because we saw it they were incredible models mm -hmm. of how to succeed, how to not fail, <laughs> even though you had very little resources, very little support. So, you know, of course, we appreciate that. That is, that is. I mean, I think if you look at immigrants as some of the hardworking, hardest working people out there, because failure is not an option. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think our our generation, I think you, 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 you'll see that there's a lot of innovative people who have overcome so many barriers and are doing amazing things in their in their own fields, right? And and that's a testament, a credit to our parents' sacrifice and kind of the, the hard work and excellence, yes. the level of excellence that they've set for us, right? So let me ask you one thing. Um, mm -hmm. One thing that you learned about me today that you didn't know prior to us having this chat. <laughs> uh, that you wanted to be an ad exec. I mean, I had no clue. <laughs> I didn't know you were so imaginative and so creative. That you know, emerging Gatorade with Nike. That's just brilliant. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still waiting for the day for one of them to cut me a check and and for me to run that. Ad. <laughs> we need to reach out to them. We need to have our people call their people. <laughs> what about you? What did you learn about me? Oh, w one thing I learned about you today was that nursing was not your first passion. Like when I first met you, and and kind yes. of when you became a nurse and when i met you all kind of you know merged together but it just seemed like you were a nurse like this guy right, right, right. you know males don't become nurses unless they're like awesome at it right right so i just seen this guy and i'm like okay he's really good at it he's smart and in the Thank back you. of my head i'm like this guy should be a doctor but he's so good at being a nurse maybe that's why he's a nurse right, right? but right. I, never, I never knew that like your mom was like you know if you know the doctor isn't working out you should just be a nurse and like that wasn't your default because i also thought maybe you did nursing as 
you came in it with my plan is I'm going to be a nurse, gain my experience and then become a doctor. But I didn't know that that was not anywhere in your plan. So that was in my first plan. And yeah, I, I was best decision I ever made. And my mom, I really thank her every day for that. That was uh, you should. great advice. We'll, we'll cut her a couple of checks, right? Right. <laughs> the least we can do. <laughs> she should come out for royalties. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she deserves it. So, what are we gonna what are we gonna talk about? Uh, you know, going forward, I you know I, I really appreciate this conversation. Um, maybe we might revisit it at some point. Yeah, no, for sure. I think but, I think this this conversation has been really good, and I think it's gonna underpin a lot of the other discussions that we have coming. Um, yes. On on our next episode, we're we're gonna touch more and go deeper into parental expectations and the styles, parental styles, and and kind of right. how we um, grew up and and how that molded us for the good and for the bad um, and for the ugly, but for also a lot of the great things that we're doing right now is Absolutely. part of their styles that we were raised under. So we want to delve a little bit more into that in the coming episodes, um, in the next episode as well. So. You know, look forward to that as well. All right, let's get some shout outs. Um, of course, shout out to Slim Flex, whose music uh, we used to introduce our show today uh, on this episode. Um, again, you can catch him on any of the streaming services, including Apple Music and Spotify. And of course, shout out to our producer, Nancy Aboa, aka the Ghanaian Spielberg. Super producer, uh, Nancy right without whom none of this would be possible so we're really uh, appreciative of her she's gonna do big things yeah so uh so don't forget to subscribe like comment rate yes. um all those good things right yes. let us know um any other topics that you want us to touch on feel free to comment as well in the comment section um and until next time bye bye my baby for food, Jogoda. Or no call on my Macoma Jogoda. You they make my happy bubble. Cause your body eat this sweet life for four. Anytime you come around, this is.